Merida College proudly presents Pilots in Five, a podcast series that allows us to have quick and insightful conversations with students, alumni, and employees. I'm your host, Tom Perry, and joining me today is Dr. Ken Andrus, a 1970 graduate who retired from the U.S. Navy as a medical officer with the rank of captain. Dr. Andrus served as the fleet surgeon of the United States Pacific Fleet and had a private medical practice before deciding to work for Veterans Affairs. Now he's an active author of the Defender series and the nonfiction book, Your Daughter's Engaged, Now What? A Father's Emotional Survival Guide. We are also excited that Dr. Anders is being recognized by Merida College as an iPioneer, which is our way of sharing stories about alumni who are making an impact in the world. Ken, thank you for taking some time to speak with us today. Oh, it's, it's great, Tom. I appreciate you uh, connecting with me. It's been a, a quite a surprise, and I'm really humbled and honored by being selected. I'm in really good company uh, with the other iPioneers. We'll, we'll get, we're going to get right into it. We like to just jump right into the questions. So something that the, the folks may not have uh, made a connection with yet, you're speaking to me today uh, from Honolulu. Can you talk about how a biology major from Columbus, Ohio, finds Merida College and ends up living in Hawaii? <laughs> well, I'm still wondering how I managed to get accepted with my high school grades, but <laughs> I went to uh, Upper High School in, in Columbus, and it was just a short distance. And I, I think one of the things that, that probably helped uh, getting into Marietta was my, my cross-country and track experience. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I had it was either a choice of my pre-med major grades or running track and cross-country. So I chose the, uh, chose the study route and then wound up spending a good three years in the basement of the library. <laughs> the... Uh, um, Going into how I wound up in the Navy, it's, I'll make this real, you know, when I was uh, still going to college, we had the draft, and of course, I remember the big lotto night we had, and uh, but my number was 361, and so I said, well, that's pretty good, so I joined, uh, went to Ohio State Med School, and they stopped the draft except for doctors, so I said, well, geez, I don't know, it's Vietnam's still going on, and maybe if I joined the Navy, that's a ship, and so I joined the Navy, and they sent me to the Marines, <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a company doctor, so that didn't turn out well at all, at least not as I expected, except I just uh, just made some amazing friends, and, and after my internship at Riverside in Columbus, I said, you know, I'm just not ready to get back into residency, and, and I was in the Pacific, and uh, so I volunteered for a cruiser and, and uh, went to Indian Ocean and, and all sorts of crazy places, and so you know, 21 years after that, I retired, and I met my wife when I was in the Navy, so <laughs> that was a bonus. Well, that's great. So could you talk about, you know, is there something about the military that just fit your personality, your lifestyle? Um, well, you know, funny, growing up in central Ohio, I always liked the ocean, but I also uh, loved to read, and so... I got into the C.S. Forrester, you know, the Hornblower books, Patrick O'Brien, um, and all those series. And so I just had kind of a fascination with the with the sea and the ocean and seafaring. And uh, and so that was part. And then also the, the medical practice in the Navy was, uh, was incredible, just very well-trained people. And interestingly enough, it, if you had to have a medical system for the country, uh, the military is great. You know, it's free. You see your, you, know, you got your veterans and your active duty folks and, and their family members, and they come in and see you, and they get what they need, and it doesn't cost them a penny. 
And so that was great. I just, you know, it just, uh, so anyway, so again, it, uh, that's just one thing led to another. Well, and obviously it led to, like you just said, that you, you talked about your joy of, of reading. Uh, so when did the idea of writing that first novel in the Defender series first come to you, and you know, how did your time at Marietta maybe help you on this journey? Well, uh, I'll go with the Marietta first, because I think that's, that was the most, uh, most significant thing, although I didn't know it at the time. It was Miss King, Kingsbury's managed composition class and I'm not sure if the college still requires all freshmen <laughs> to do that and what they what I call the dreaded blue books you know, go in there and you get your assignment especially for a final and but that class taught me how to write and how to express myself and and that uh, not only led to ultimately a, a writing career but it also was an incredible uh, advantage when I got into the military and uh, so I could uh, write things and address people and analyze things. But anyway, so to the uh, the first book, I was sitting out there in the first Gulf War. I was the, the senior Navy doctor, and uh, and I was sitting in all these big command briefs leading up to and through the war, and all this stuff going on. I'm sitting there like, God, there's just so much that hap- that's happening out here that people just don't understand, you know, what's going on in the background. So I said, hmm, that might be an interesting book. And and so I just started, you know, I kind of put that back in my mind. And then, you know, years later I was in the Pacific Fleet and I was reading the message traffic about the South China Sea and all the stuff going out there. And I said, you know, people don't have a clue what's going on out there. Anyway, so I started making notes on that and that wound up in, uh, being a book. The uh, and it's interesting about that. The uh, I read a thing from Stephen King the other day, and and he was saying that what you need to do is um, you need to write for yourself, you know, and you need to write about something that you want to know rather than what you think somebody else might want to know. And so here I am at a at a, a new career at uh, at almost seventy three, which is nuts. <laughs> Well, it brings me a great next question, and you know, like you said, it, it, you know, you're 73, but thriving. But what are the most challenging and, rebor- and rewarding aspects of being an author? Well, the the challenging part is the marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just brutal. And uh, so I finally broke down, and actually, uh, I have a publicist now. It's, it's guiding me into the 21st century. I mean, I, she's <laughs> even trying to talk me into setting up a Twitter account of all things. And I'm sitting there like, oh man, oh man, me and the Twitter universe—that just doesn't seem to connect. But anyway, so uh, that's the hard part. But the fun part is, it's just writing, and you just let your let your mind kind of go free. And for us old folks, we all kind of wake up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning anyway. But this time, instead of worrying about work, I'm thinking about my characters. And uh, and, and these characters have sort of become a, an extended family. I know them so well now. That's amazing. So counting your private practice, you're currently on your fourth career. What keeps you driven to keep working? Uh you know, it's funny. Uh, I always thought people who just couldn't retire were just a little bit nuts. <laughs> you, know, you, gotta, you know, give it up, sit back, and relax. But I really don't. The writing is really fun, and you know, obviously, you you also hear about people said, "Oh God, I just love my job. I just can't get up, wait to get up in the morning and go to work." And I'm sitting there like, "What?" 
<laughs> what's wrong with you? <clears throat> but interesting enough, uh, with the writing, it is that. I just am having a hoot. It's just uh, it's just neat. And you kind of keep the brain engaged. Uh, you kind of throw that in. If you're, act, if you're able to, you remain physically active. Uh, it's just fun. I think there's, when you're when you get in the older years, there's no sense slowing down. You gotta still make the most of it, just like any place you're on your life, whether it's you know Marietta as a student, uh, you just can't leave your room and your life for saying to yourself, you know, if I only done this, you know, you just don't want to look in retrospect and realize that you've you've had some really moments that you didn't take advantage of. Uh, you, you have to sort of make the best of where you are at any given time, even if you may not like being there. Well, Ken, thank you for joining us today on Pilots of Five and also for sharing with everyone what it means to be a pioneer. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and uh, I'll bid you a, a aloha. And I say, e como mai, which is a wine for uh, please come back. Well, I, I, I hope I can be there one day. That would probably be the goal. So, Well, this podcast was brought to you by Merida College and the Office of Communication and Brand Management. For more information about Merida College, please go to www.marietta.edu or if you have a suggestion of someone we should consider for Pios and Five, please email me, Tom Perry, at perryt at marietta.edu.